Today, I'm going to start some podcast beef. I'm going to start some podcast beef with Sam Harris, who is he's one of the most popular podcasts, and he has millions of listeners. I don't know if he has millions of listeners. He has maybe hundreds of thousands of listeners. He has plenty of listeners, maybe millions. And I'm going to start beef with him, and then when we're beefing, then it's going to be great publicity for me. I'm going to get famous because of all the beef that me and Sam Harris are going to have. This is my plan. And even if my plan is not successful, um, there's an interesting thing, point that I want to make after listening to one of his podcasts recently. So you can also just, you, you get the fruits, dear listener, of my beefing with Sam Harris, even if it doesn't become a viral internet Twitter sensation. So here's what happened that I thought was really interesting. Um, so very briefly, for those of you who don't know, Sam Harris is a podcaster. He was originally a neuroscientist, neurologist, something. Um, and he got into talking about religion and meditation, but not religion in a enthusiastic way. He's like a kind of famous atheist. Um, and but meditation, he's also uh, a big advocate of sitting meditation. So he's kind of an interesting balance there. He has a lot of controversial views. He kind of tends to have. He's kind of positioned in this like um, what they now call the intellectual dark web. So he's this person who which is such a weird name for this thing. But anyway, he's kind of like this difficult to place politically. Like if you're on the right, then he seems progressive and left. And if you're on the left, then he seems um, kind of uh, conservative and, and right-wing in, in some of his positions. And he's kind of has this... And there's like a group of people that are like in a similar thing. He's some kind of, you know, centrist or whatever. Uh, anyway, he's interesting. He has interesting people on his podcast. I don't agree with everything he says, of course. Who agrees with everything that anyone else says? So I'm not specifically advocating that you should all go out and become devotees of Sam Harris, but he's interesting. So, but he's also controversial, and he got in trouble recently about, um, he did a recording with... Uh, Charles Murray, who wrote a book called The Bell Curve, and The Bell Curve is about intelligence. And in in the recording he did, and in the book, some of what he, uh, Charles Murray talks about is is the the uh, race and intelligence and kind of statistics and research about the the impact of of someone's race on their IQ. And it's obviously incredibly inflammatory topic. And Sam Harris. Got, came under a lot of attacks specifically for doing that recording from uh, some people on the left who, you know, had problems with the content and felt like, don't give this guy a platform. There's people who really don't like this guy, Charles Murray, um, because of this inflammatory material that he gets into. And, you know, Sam Harris has had um, several other controversial guests. So he covers controversial topics a lot. He recently had a guest called Marty Hazelton. She wrote a book called Hormonal, which is about hormones. Um, I think it's specifically about women's hormones. And she was on there and, you know, they were having a normal kind of conversation about her book. And he, in the, the process of that, he um, th somehow they get on to talking about like the the controversy and like what do you do and that people might misconstrue like she's had some controversy in her own career and people might uh misconstrue um the meaning of you know what she's talking about sam harris brings up uh james damore and uh 
another example of people who kind of spoke about gender issues and um and got in a lot of trouble for it and lost their jobs and he gets some someone from mit i forget the other case that he cites but so he says you know you can get in trouble for this and like you can get in this controversial thing and he's obviously also talking about himself and the kind of trouble that he's got into and what she said i thought was really interesting she was quoting um a, a mentor of hers called alice deager who wrote another book called Galileo's middle finger i i have not come across either of these people before but you know like to kind of cite cite the people these ideas are coming from. And so what Alice Deger said, who is not even on the podcast, is just being quoted by this guest of the podcast. This is very convoluted at this point. But what Alice Deger said, her advice was, if you're going to write about this controversial stuff, essentially you want to get out ahead of it. So you don't just want to present your findings. You also want to say, here's what I didn't mean. I didn't mean that, you know, in the case of this gender stuff, whatever, like, I didn't mean that, like, women are crazy and irrational, right? This is the example of this woman. She's talking about hormones. I didn't mean that women are crazy and irrational and they should never have positions of power or whatever. Whatever it is that you don't mean when you're saying it's controversial stuff, like, and this was one of the criticisms. And so what I thought was really interesting is she was talking about this, but it really felt like she was giving an adjustment to Sam Harris. She was kind of saying, listen here, Sam Harris, like, I'm going to tell you about, you know, what I've learned to do that's important, which is to get out ahead of any potential misconceptions people might have of the work that you're doing, especially if you're doing controversial work, um, especially if you're doing science specifically about things that, you know, things like race and intelligence, things like gender and the effects of gender on, like, interest in different, like, this is what James Damore was was paying attention to interest in different um, kinds of work, like lines of work, and like what could that have effect on the the wage gap, for example. It's all kinds of like hornet's nests of controversial topics that if you're going to get into, it just behooves you to, to lay out your commitments and your values ahead of time so that people can't misunderstand you. And I think a lot of these people, Sam Harris is definitely guilty of this. Another one is Jordan Peterson is guilty of this. I think Jordan Peterson is much less careful than Sam Harris, and Sam Harris is not careful enough. But a lot of these intellectual dark web people and these kind of like controversial media figures, one of the things that they'll do, it's a kind of like, I'm just going to say what I think. and like, oh, but now like the crazy progressive liberals are going to freak out about it because they're so uptight. And it's like, well, of course they are. Right? Of course they are. And, but it's our job as communicators in general to communicate the thing that we actually mean. Right? And if you know that it's going to be misconstrued, it's on you to do everything reasonable. Like you don't want to spend your life disclaiming everything. And it's always going to be someone that's going to take things the wrong way. So there's a limit to this. But within reason, to, to be clear about what it is that you mean. And, and I like this thing, what, what you don't mean. And so I just thought it was really interesting. This woman gave this adjustment to Sam Harris and basically said, listen here, Sam Harris. But although, although this all was behind the scenes, and this is a hypnotic technique, actually. It's called um, embedded commands. Um, it has a, other names. But where you tell a story. And in the story, somebody else says the thing 
to you or just says the thing in the story that you want to say to the person you're telling the story to, right? So this is kind of sneaky. So she's actually doing this kind of very interesting sneaky thing. I don't even know if it was conscious. Maybe I'm just projecting all over this, but that's what I got from that conversation. It was really interesting to me. This principle I'm talking about is articulated really beautifully in NLP. Um, and I learned NLP from Carl Bukite, who's, I would recommend if anyone wants to learn NLP, Carl Bukite of NLP Marin is the man to learn it from. NLP is a set of tools for communicating clearly and creating change. It's really interesting, brilliant stuff. NLP has a bunch of presuppositions. I'm just going to read you Carl's, um, Carl's definition of one of the presuppositions. And the, the presupposition is, goes, the meaning of our communication is the response that we get. In any interaction, so these are Carl's words now, in any interaction, there is what you intend to communicate and the response your communication actually elicits. The meaning of your communication is not about what you intend. Communication is about creating an experience in and getting a response from the listener. This presupposition gives us the responsibility and opportunity to vary our communications until we get the response we want. And I just think this is incredibly useful. This presupposition was originally put in there because um, when the, the the creators of NLP were teaching people, they would always have these therapists that would come in and talk about bad clients. They had these difficult clients, these bad clients, these clients that were resistant. Oh, I have these resistant clients, and they won't, you know, they won't work with me. And they and so these guys put in this presupposition that said, essentially, there's no such thing as a bad client. There's just a bad practitioner because it's your responsibility as the as the practitioner or just as the communicator it's your responsibility that that the person that you're communicating with person you're working with has you know gets the meaning that you're trying to convey has the response that you want to produce in them and if you're not getting the response that you want like as the practitioner you want to just keep finding new ways and new ways and I think that this is half of the picture. I honestly, I actually don't think that it's the whole picture. It's a kind of a pathologically agentic picture that like I can create my reality perfectly and I just have to keep taking responsibility and then reality will conform to my wishes. So I, I want to name that like I, I actually don't, I, I don't want to say this is the truth of life, but I do think that it's an incredibly useful frame to take on, especially if you are in a role where you are the responsible one, whether that be um, you're putting out content or whether that be that you're in a, a practitioner relationship or any kind of like relationship where you're you're just like the one that has the responsibility for the relationship, like a parent-child relationship, for example. I think this would be applicable there. And in that case, I think this is a really useful stance that you basically you, you take responsibility for the effects of your words. And if it's not having the effect that you would like, then you have to keep trying. You have to try something different. You have to figure things out. You have to ask questions, whatever. Like this is another NLP presupposition this is a brilliant one um if what you are doing is not working try anything else (laughs) i love that i love it and so this applies in this case of like when you're communicating so um this is a very general statement of what uh 
Marty Hazelton was kind of specifically pointing at in Sam Harris, basically saying, hey, like, if you're getting a response from people where they're getting upset with you, to a degree, someone's always going to get upset with you, especially if you're treading in controversial waters. And, and in her mind, at least how I heard it, and which I agree with her, you're not doing enough of the work ahead of time to insulate yourself from this. You're not being clear enough about where you stand. Okay, that is my beef. And um, thanks for listening. I hope that my communication produced the response in you that I intended. If it did or if it didn't, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Be well.